fam. How's it going? Hey, creepies. Welcome back to another episode. We have like a fun one today. Like, I, I think it's fun. I think so too. I took KK down my childhood again. She does that, but it's never disappointed me. Like, every movie that you've shown me has been like a success. I have not been disappointed thus far, and um, it did not stop here. Because they're actually stories, not just crazy entities taking over the houses. Right? Like, that's, we were talking about this earlier, how today's scary movies are so different than, like, what they used to be. Like, how Lo just said, like, they were, like, stories before, and, like, now it's just, like, paranormal, like, crazy stuff happening every other scene where it's, like, what the heck, how is this even possible? Because a lot of these movies, like the one we're going to do today, it's so realistic, and that's what's scary. Right, because it's, like... This could actually happen. This could be a true crime story. And like... Somewhere. Right? And I get that like The Conjuring technically is based on a true story and stuff. But it's just different because it's not as common to happen to people like things like that. Well, this is the problem. I got 99 problems and The Conjuring is one. Because my daughter says, oh, you should watch it. But then when I was like, do you want to watch it with me? She's like, ah, not right now, blah, blah, blah. And then Crystal's like, um, well, maybe, but like, like we got to plan it. Like, and I'm not going to watch it by myself. Yeah. And my husband's not into it. And then lately there's been some weird portal crap happening with my brain. So I'm thinking maybe it's not a good idea to quite watch that one in my house yet. So I'm... I'm going back and trying to find some just good stories to share with her. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend, with everything that, which I think you talked about on the podcast, mm-hmm. yeah, last week, did if you I, guys didn't listen. Did uh, we talk about the cornrows? N- no, you have an updated one. So that's, that's new? That's new. So guys, if you, because you texted me about that after we had recorded. So guys, if you don't know what we're talking about, um... You're fake fans. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, go back. Where you at? Where you at? Um, go back to last episode where Loeb tells us about the craziness that's been happening, but she has an update. Yeah, so I keep getting woken up or waking up, wake, woken. whatever, um, in the middle of the night. And like I said, I lose my breath a little bit. It's like a... <gasps> um, but it's like I get visions and I don't know if I'm seeing them or dreaming, but they're different people every time and they come close to my face like they're trying to like reach in and tell me something or I don't know they're coming really close to my face I don't know what they're doing well this one was kind of like a like a Rob Zombie kind of feel if you will but with like big white braids or white cornholes like almost like a like a Gandalf Rob Zombie mix, <laughs> like so hair color, crazy. but corn rolls. Like, I don't know. It's like, it was crazy. Again, there's no words spoken. Um, but yeah, it, it wakes me up in the middle of the night. Um, now it's been quiet the last couple nights. Of course, now that I'm talking about it, um, something will happen. And my husband's out of town. So something will happen. Um, sorry. Lowe's phone just went off and I jumped so freaking high. Like, I wish you guys could have seen how how much that scared me. I think just because we're talking about this and then a noise happened. It was a law and order tone, too. 
Oh my god. Shit, they're coming for me. <laughs> they found me, bitch. That freaked me out. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's just been kind of crazy. I my sleep pattern's been way off and I can't explain or know why these people are coming to me, but they are. Yeah, that's so bizarre. So I definitely agree. Maybe hold off on the conjuring because I don't know, that might stir up some more stuff for you. Um, and yeah, do not watch it alone because I would never even watch that alone. Like that, those movies are scary. Well, I did Paranormal Activity the first two, and the first one scared the shit out of me for days. These are and the Conjuring are, in my opinion, are ten times scarier than okay. Paranormal Activity. Paranormal Activity, I don't think are that scary. Like I never got like that scared of them, but like the Conjuring movies, aside from one. If you watch, like, all of them, the one where it takes place in, like, London, England, that's the least scariest one to me. But all the other ones, oh, they just, even thinking about it just gives me chills because they're so disgustingly scary. Okay. But, yeah, so we're not talking about those movies today. We're talking about more realistic one that can happen. <laughs> so, if you're not an 80s baby then you might not realize what this movie is if you are then you've probably seen it um so the bartels couldn't believe how fortunate they were to find peyton i adore children mrs cartel i love being with them i i love taking care of them for me it's the next best thing to actually being a mother. But they didn't find her. She seems terrific. What's the catch? There is no catch. I think she's great. She chose them. Never let an attractive woman take a power position in your home. All I'm saying is you have to watch your back. Now, their innocence is her opportunity. He has your eyes, you know. Do you really think so? Their trust. Faith's been great. Has she? What we would have done without her. Is her weapon. Something happens to my mommy. You take care of me. Of course I would. And their destruction. There's only one woman for me. That's all you need. Her triumph. When your husband makes love to you, it's my face he sees. Get out of our house. She's turning on me, Michael, just like you said you would. Call the police. Claire, calm down. You don't know what she's capable of. The hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. My family. The hand that rocks the cradle. Oof. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, the trailer makes it sound like way more hardcore than the, when it all plays out. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty hardcore. Like, it's like, it's slow moving as far as like that, but it's like, Still, a lot happens. So, this came out in, well, in case you didn't get it, the movie is The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. I think yeah. that was self-explanatory, but, you know. <laughs> just in case. Just in case. In case you got up to go to the bathroom or something while I was playing. <laughs> so, this one started in 1992. It came out, and it stars Rebecca DeMore. 
Annabella Sierra, Matt McCoy, Julian Moore, Ernie Hudson, and Madeline Zima. So in the premise of this movie, after his husband gets humiliated on TV for being called out for sexual harassing patients, particularly Annabella, who plays Claire, embittered pregnant widow loses her child after he commits suicide. She then embarks on a mission of vengeance against the woman and her family who she believes is the sole cause of all her pain. They think she's the perfect nanny, but in all reality, she chose them. Craziness. This movie definitely takes you for, like, it's like a journey that you go on. Very much so. Like, and it's just very, like, the anger slowly builds. Mm Mm-hmm. So, a couple of fun facts. Um, Rebecca DeMore, she initially auditioned for the role of Claire Bartel. And Annabella auditioned for the role of Mrs. Mott, but in getting switched. Oh, they flip-flop. That's funny. I think Rebecca DeMore has the more evil stare. The other one, I think they did it right. Oh, yeah, she killed The other girl is so soft. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they definitely chose correctly. So, this is Madeline's first film debut. She actually followed up with the nanny TV series. So after going from evil nanny, she decided to work with sweet loving nanny. Full circle. (laughs) Uh, Rebecca DeMore had been actually wanting the part of Tinkerbell in Hook of 1991, but she lost it to Julia Roberts. So she said, okay, I'm going to go for something darker. She got pissed off and she's like, let me play an evil girl instead. So, back in 1992, Crystal, there's these things that are called VHSs. All right, all right. I know. I'm 95. Okay. They were still around for some t- a little, some of the years <laughs> before DVDs became a thing. She's like, I remember my Disney ones that came in the big plastic Oh, yeah. Cases. My parents still have them. They still have all Do they have the original old... Little Mermaid one with the penis on the front? What? The original Little Mermaid, the top of the castle, it had like a little penis shape. Next time. They had to redo it. They had to remake it. I am going to look next time because they have Little Mermaid because that was my favorite movie. But they had to get like the first copy. Okay. I'm going to, next time I'm at my parents' house, I'm going and looking at the cover of the Little Mermaid and see. And I will report back to you guys. Disney does some pervy shit. You got to look for it. I have heard some things. Huh. Wow. Well, anyway, so this film trailer um, on the back of the VHS jacket, it shows a few scenes that actually didn't end up in the final release of the film. And in the trailer, there's an alternate take of the scene in which Claire is interviewing Peyton. And Peyton says to Claire, Mrs. Bartell, I adore babies. Whereas in the film, Mrs. Bartell is admitted there is another scene in which Michael Bartell is seen saying to someone, you're ruining the family. And in the release, that's not in the, there's no scene of that. Also in the trailer, there's a scene of Claire going into the kitchen for a knife that she ultimately brings up to the attic to stop Peyton, which in the final release of the film, but I think it just only shows her with the knife, it isn't sure we're going to get the knife. Yeah, that's true. And then in addition, on the back of the jacket of the VHS film, there's a shot of both Peyton 
Marlene at Claire's surprise party seemingly having a conversation with each other before Claire arrives, indicating, indicating a deleted scene from the film. No such scene made the final cut there either. Uh, Claire arrives at the surprise party while um, starting a fight and accusing Michael of sleeping with Marlene, only to get a fleeting glimpse of the party in which Marlene immediately runs out, having no conversation with anybody. So, yeah, that's kind of some little fun facts. Um, now, you ready to break down this movie? And Let's break it down. Tear it to shreds. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, you're going in a different direction than I was. <laughs> so it starts off that Claire has a routine OBGYN appointment. She is pregnant with her second child. She goes and she talks to the doctor, and it's not her normal doctor. He has since retired or died or quit. They don't say why. He's just no longer there. We're going to go with retired. Yeah, that's the most pleasant option. (laughs) So she meets this new doctor, and he's going through her list, and he's talking to her, and he's like, okay, well, you know, let's start with, like, you know, a mammogram, and let's, you know, get your... All basically filled up, no pun intended. And she's just kind of like, oh, I didn't think you had to do this after the third trimester. And they're like, so he plays it aloof. And he's like, well, I'm new. And I just wanted to give a good, you know, exam to all my new patients. And she's just like, okay. So she goes and he puts one hand on her breast. And he starts, like, massaging it in a creepy way, not just, like, yeah, okay. he's not doing, like, the typical medical, like, let me check if you have any lumps. Yeah, like, he's, like, two hands feeling it. Yeah. And then he starts talking about the weather and, like, I love going for a walk just after this weather. And she's, like, like uh, I think he just left here. <laughs> like, yeah. he's his own little porn video. Yeah. Um. Then it gets a little bit more disturbing as he goes to do a vagina exam and she's like, okay, I didn't know this was necessary either, but he's like, you know, well, I just got to make sure everything's, you know, good to go. And she's like, and it's so creepy because he's putting the glove on and then the camera does like a slow roll as he takes the glove off and slides it into his pocket Mm -hmm. and then his bare hands... And that's when you see the look on her face. She's like, yeah, this, this is, is not right. This is totally wrong. Oh, this part pissed me off. I was like, Sue. I was so mad when he like took the glove off. I'm like, that's disgusting and in so many ways disgusting. Yes, absolutely. You get smacked with like all the emotions. Like, yeah, mad, angry, awkward, embarrassed mm-hmm. for her. Like, um. Now, before I go into the other scenes, before I do forget, because I didn't write it down, but after watching it again, okay, um, I do, going through some research and stuff, some people did make fun of this a lot, so I'm just going to throw it in there. The way she uses her inhaler throughout the movie, she's having an asthma attack, and then all of a sudden she's just like, and it's not even all the way in her mouth, and she's like, okay, I'm good. Like, she did that a few times throughout the movie. And, like, I I noticed it the first scene, and I was like, that was kind of weird. Because, like, you actually have to inhale from your inhaler, like, fully. And she's just kind of, like, sucking the aftermath out of it, which, yeah, like, no, nobody, like, 
directed her correctly. And she almost use used it like a breath freshener. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's exactly how it was. Um, I don't have asthma, but I've known people that do, and usually it's more of a... <gasps> yeah, like you have a, to, like, breathe it in. And squish it, like... Mm-hmm. So that yeah. was a that was a big one. A lot of critics were um, calling out on that one. Yeah, definitely a notable few moments because she definitely did it a few times, and it was just like so bizarre the way that she was using that inhaler. <laughs> so the next big scene that we cut to is the doctor, and he's watching the news and it's all over the news about this lawsuit and since Clara came out like they said four other women came out and rather than dealing with it he shoots himself and commits suicide now Peyton is left with a pregnancy she's got to deal with she comes to find out that her husband is a rapist molester um, he took the coward's way out and killed himself. Now she's in this boardroom with all the lawyers and they're like, well, um, he's pretty much now broke because the money that would have been left to you is all going to settle all these lawsuits. So we know you're pregnant. We feel for you. Have the baby. Take some time. But then you got to get out. Like, yeah. We got to sell the house. They're like, so best like, of luck. So she gets up and then she immediately collapses. Um, they show her in the hospital, Her, she loses her baby. So, I mean, you feel for her in the beginning of this movie. She just found out all this stuff about her husband. He kills himself. She loses her baby, and you're just like, now she's losing her house and everything. Like, she can't take any more hits. Yeah, I did feel really bad for her. Because I didn't really know exactly where this movie was going in the beginning. You know, I went into it kind of blind. And I felt horrible for her because I couldn't even imagine, like, you're married and you're having your first pregnancy and you're excited and, you know, ready to start your family. And then all this shit happens. You know, your hus- you find out your husband's sexually assaulting patients. Then he kills himself. Then you are stressed out. You're losing all your money, losing all your stuff. Then you fall and you lose your baby. Like, I mean, I would lose it a little bit too. Maybe not to the extent that we're going to find out how she loses it. But, like, I mean, I can't imagine the amount of stress that made her, like, crack, you know? And the way the film did this, it was almost like the setup was... It it was... It was kind of dark. Not dark, but like... So, they show her in the hospital, and then they cut to Claire laughing and giggling with her family. And then they cut to Peyton, you know, going through her dark times. And then it cuts back to, you know, the new baby laying there, and she's, like, breastfeeding her new baby and rocking it. And, like... It just, like, it shows from, like, both women's lives, and it keeps cutting from back and forth, and you're just like, oh, dear God. Then it shows Claire's face all over the TV as the accuser of being sexually assaulted. Now, can I just say how many different lawsuits that would be? They're not going to put a rape victim or... A sexual assaulted victim. They're not going to plaster your face all over the TV. Like, no. 
I don't remember them doing that in the 90s. Maybe I was so little I didn't probably pay attention to the news as much. But I know today that's not going to happen. No, no. And they no. said her name. They showed her face. They gave, like, all the information. Right. And, like, if she doesn't want her information out there when she's suing somebody, like, they they can't do that. And not only that, the embarrassment. You just told the whole world that I was, like, sexually assaulted yeah. by a doctor. Like, I don't believe that that is legal in any way, shape, no. or form. But. Who knows? Maybe it was then, but now it would have be a big old problem if they did that. <laughs> so, like I said, I kind of get it. I do believe Peyton is a victim in her own way. Yeah. As well, but more of a I have an evil husband, doctor, and I just got put in a bad spot. Right. To where Claire was actually victimized. Right. Because it's not wrong. Claire did the right thing by, you know, pressing charges and everything. So it's not like she should really be blamed. Like, she did the right thing for herself and for, you know, protecting other women in the future who might have had him as a doctor, you know. But I just, yeah, I think Peyton just, like, snapped because of the, you know, multiple series of unfortunate events that came from it. But that was on her husband, not not Claire. So then we're going to fast forward six months later. Um, Claire's in the kitchen doing her thing, and she kind of gets a jump scare from... Ernie Hudson, he plays Solomon. And after some confusion, it gets all cleared up. And Solomon, kind of, he kind of quickly becomes like a member of the family. And I really adore Ernie Hudson's character. He was so cute. He should have gotten an award for this. Like, if the movie was a flop, if anything, he plays a mentally challenged uh guy who's coming to do handiwork and he just he plays it so well and he's just like so cute I was oh like, i want a solomon around my house <laughs> i know he was my favorite character i felt horrible for him in so many instances but he just had the purest most sweet heart and yeah he was definitely my favorite and he he helped them a lot and more than just you know building things around their house, fixing stuff up. Yeah, there's a scene when they hire him. He's counting by his feet. And he's like, three, four, nine, yeah. 11. And they're just like, oh, my God. Like, And then he's like, just kidding. I got tape measure. <laughs> that was so cute. It was cute. And uh, his bond with, like, the their daughter, Emma. The She was, oh, I don't even know how old she played, maybe seven or something yeah. like that. Um, it was just so pure and sweet because he like, it was like, he was like an uncle type relationship or whatever. It was just really cute. So we get to the movie part where now she's interviewing him and Claire's just like basically falling in love with Peyton so quickly. Like, do you want to stay for dinner? Do you want to meet my husband? Like, which I get it. I guess if you're interviewing for a nanny position, you do want the whole family, you know, to be there. Right, get the interaction. Peyton 
quickly realizes that her earring keeps falling out of her ear. Um, the first time she picks it up and gives it back to her. The second time she makes it look like the baby's choking on it. And I'm just like, oh, savage. Psycho, psycho move number one. You know, and making the wife look bad in, you know, in front of the husband and the other kids. And we're like, okay. That's when you quickly start to see, like, okay, this lady's devious. Yeah. And then they, they introduce her to Salomon. And uh, she's just right off the bat cold. He accidentally gets a little tiny paint on her shirt. And she, like, rips her arm back. And he's like, I- I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know. And she's like, she gives that death stare. And then she relaxes and she's like, accidents can happen, right? It's okay. It was so you fake. You never know when an accident's going to happen. And yep. I'm just like, oh. It was so fake and, like, it just shows how smart he is because he saw right through it. Oh, he picked up real quick. Yeah. He was the first one who knew something was off with this lady. Yes. Then we go to Peyton sets her alarm in the middle of the night. And now she's breastfeeding a baby that's not even hers. So now this baby is rejecting mama's milk because it's bonding with Peyton. Creepy as fuck, by the way. And... So she's starting off, she wants to take over this family. She's starting off with the baby. She's manipulating him, um, which obviously is a baby. He can't really say. And right. Then, but he's, like, starting to, like, bond with her in, like, the way that the mother would be bonding with him. So then, yeah, he's, like, crying when his actual mom, Claire, is holding him, but then he stops crying when Peyton starts holding him because he's just formed this, like, mother-son bond because of because of what she's doing uh, behind closed doors. Yeah. Then there's the... Claire goes out to take her daughter to the bus, and she forgets to give her her jacket, and she's like, oh, crap, you know? And then all of a sudden, Peyton just, like, stops the bus. And she just, like, walks out from in front of it. Like, plays it all sweet, you know. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, are you Mrs. Bartell? That's actually a little bit. I kind of jumped scenes. That's actually the first time they meet. That's before the interview and all the stuff in the house. So It was so, she, like, set it up so much just to, like, worm her way in. And then the first big scene for me where... I'm really like, okay, um, can we talk about the bathroom scene? Oh. So, not only does she rip up the guy's proposal to get Claire in trouble that she was supposed to take to Federal Express. They don't say FedEx, they say Federal Express. So official. Um, And then she just starts going rampage on this bathroom stall. With a toilet plunger. She's beating the walls. She's cracking the doors. She's just going apeshit on the toilet. She ripped up the pieces of proposal everywhere. She catches her breath and then she walks out. She didn't clean up the mess. She's a full-on psychopath, dude. She made that little bathroom stall her own personal rage room. Like. And then she just kind of, like, left it. Like, like no one... It's a public bathroom. Like, like no one else is going to go in there and be like... I'd be like, what the heck happened in here? Hey, your husband's proposal? It's on the floor in here. Does he still need that? It's all ripped up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was insane. Like, the way that she just collected herself 
so quickly after psychotically beating up that bathroom stall. It was like, wow, okay, yeah, she for sure has some mental issues going on. Yeah, that was when you're like, okay, people are in some shit. Yeah. Now, to kind of give you a little bit of a quick preview, um, this was a, a big... Um, scene for me where my heart was just melting Mm -hmm. I felt so sad and I was just like oh my god you evil evil bitch but I didn't want to say the scene because I felt very uncomfortable so I'm just gonna play it and let Rebecca DeMore continue being the bitch yeah My version of the story will be better than yours. So sad. Such a, and like his face looks so scared and sad and he I mean, we didn't even say like why she said this yet, but like it was just so horrible because he's just trying to like help the family he loves the family and she goes and like threatens him and says all these demeaning words to him and all basically all he did was he was climbing up the ladder and he caught her breastfeeding the baby that he knew was not her baby like he should not be doing that right and he he he's not he's smart but he's not smart enough to get the words out fast enough like hey a normal person would have been like, what the hell are you doing? Right. Like, yeah. you know, he was scared. And so that was her confronting him after she got caught. So sad. He did not deserve that at all. I wanted to punch her in the face when she was talking to him like that. Yeah, that scene made me get a little like, oh. Because he starts crying and he's like, I won't let you hurt them. Yeah. I, I won't. Doesn't he say my friends? They're my friends. Yeah, those yeah. are my friends. I'm not going to let you hurt my friends. Oh, my gosh. So, moving on, her next plot is she wants to get rid of him, clearly. She knows she's been caught. She's got to do damage control. So, she puts a bug in Claire's mind while they're doing laundry, suggesting that he is touching the daughter inappropriately. And then she's like, oh, I'm just overthinking it. No big deal. But once you open that, though, to mom, you can't just say, no, never mind. Like, now mom is... That's in her mm-hmm. mind. And That's Payne stuck. knows that. Payne's like, like, let me plant this little seed just a little bit where it's not so obvious that I'm planting it, but just enough so where she's starting to think that maybe that could be a possibility. And then the icing on the cake, she they're in the greenhouse, and she's like, oh, we need batteries. Do you think there's some in Solomon's car? Sending the mom in there. She's like, oh, yeah, he's got everything in there. And then she plants the daughter's underwear in there. Which you're just like, oh, no, it's not true. It's not true. I know. <laughs> and it's the saddest thing because, I, like we said before, him and the daughter, Emma, have such the sweetest, most innocent, pure relationship. And, like, Emma really loves him. She's like, yo, Solomon. She's always talking to him. And the fact that Peyton framed him to look like a child molester, creep, like, whatever... It's just so sad because, oh, it just makes me sick. Like he's like, got the heart of gold. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, this was kind of a funny part in the movie. So in the beginning of the movie, once Peyton gets hired and moves in, she brings a set of wind chimes. I think they were. 
from her baby that she lost nursery mm-hmm. and she brings um to this house and um they're like oh okay thank you we'll 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 put them up outside joe's you know nursery so later um you can already tell too through the movie julian moore which is claire's bestie boo i guess well like, in a it's like her husband's way. best friend that they grew up with yeah Especially well they dated, dated yeah. but i think they've kind of all became like a group of best oh, friends yeah. um and she's very vocal you can tell off the bat she ain't digging Peyton. She ain't liking it. She's like, nope, sketchy, sketchy, fishy, fishy, spishy, spishy, right mm-hmm. off the bat. And uh, she, so the chimes are going off, and she's like, God, what is that hideous noise? <laughs> and she's like, oh, wind chimes. Peyton got them for us. She's yeah, like, and she's awkwardly standing there with them. <laughs> she's like, hmm, cute. <laughs> I love her. She was savage. She gave no Fs. She, like, just said what was on her mind. She Yeah, she was even the one who, like, basically said the iconic quote of what this title of the movie would be. She's like, don't, um, it was like a full-on thing, though. What was, like, the exact quote that she said? Do you remember? Don't let a power... Don't let another woman hold all the power in your house. Yeah, or, or something, something of like that. Sort. Yeah, because she was like, she knew already. She's like, this is going to be a problem. Yeah, and then they alluded to, like, she's like, something about making $60,000 a year giving blowjobs and making a lasagna. Yeah. And then her boyfriend's like, she doesn't make $60,000 a year. <laughs> That was a funny part. <laughs> or maybe it was like, she doesn't make lasagna. Is she basically alluding to, yeah, the other. <laughs> so the next big thing is Peyton goes to the office of Mr. Ma and says, we should plan the surprise party. Shows up at his work to tell him this. Like, she can't just tell him. They live the freaking together. I know, they live in the same house. You can't just, like, wait till, like, Claire goes to the bathroom or something or, like, goes into another room. But she, you know, goes and tries to, you know, of course, she has to make a scene seductively and, like, you know, being all, like, spishy about it the whole office is staring like, yeah everybody's like, like okay that's, that's your nanny like right yeah like, so she puts an idea in her head his head like let's do the surprise party Clara needs it yeah yeah that'd be great that'd be great but then this is where this again she plans to see she's like oh do you think marlene would help you know knowing the background knowing so she starts to plant ideas in their heads that Hey, are you sh- you sure your 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 man can you can you really trust him? Like they're not they're not doing that, right? They're done. They're done with that. Or wasn't she like talking to her about like their? Re- she was talking to Peyton was talking to Claire about her relationship with her husband, and she was like, "Oh well, they never get tired of their first love." Like knowing that his first love wasn't Claire, it was Marlena. Yeah, because Emma spilled the beans about that earlier. Yes. So then. Claire's like, oh, well, no, I'm not his first love. And then Peyton's like, oh, was it Marlene? And 
she's like, how did you know that? Oh, I don't know. I just took a guess. So then planting another seed in Claire's head. Because Claire's like, are they too touchy? Are they staring? Like, what's going on? Like, what do you see that I don't see? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And then she puts uh, a lighter, her lighter in his pocket when they had an innocent dinner. And she knows because her husband already said, at the or smoked at the date they all went on. And she's like, oh, my God, he only smokes when he's around you. Yes. You know, so then it shows him having a cigarette and then, which is like, dude, you're so stupid. Like, even if you're having a sneaky lunch date to do for her, you're giving it away that you were with her because you're smoking. Right. Like, I know. And she can obviously smell it on you. So don't be dumb. Yeah. Like. He wasn't helping himself out with that situation. No. And through the whole movie anyway, this guy doesn't get mad about anything. He's just very aloof about everything. Yeah, he was chill the whole time. Like, throughout anything that was, like, coming his way, he was just, like, stone-faced, like, just, Okay. Yeah. Tomorrow's another day. Yeah. We'll get through this. I'm like, dang, I wish I had his strength. Oh I'll be flipping God. out over the smallest things, not even comparing to this stuff. Oh, my God. I don't So... She finds the lighter at the laundromat and she comes in. She comes in hot and she's just like, F you, dude. How can you do that? Like, and he's like, what are you talking about? And she throws the lighter at him and she's like, the fact that you're fucking Marlene. And he's like, there's people in there. Like, surprise. You have your surprise party guests in the other room when you're screaming this. And I love that they're like, the one guy by himself was like holding the cake, surprise, and was yeah. like, "Oh yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. so surprise." Yeah, it was surprise. so awkward. Marlene's like, "Yeah, f you." She just turns around, and walks away. Like, I don't want to look at you. You're right. Like, like the fact that you just did that. Oh my gosh, it was so uncomfortable. But you know, Peyton, she was loving every moment of it. And then another cool fact is because. Rebecca DeMora has such blue eyes in this movie. They are popping like crazy. They actually look really cool. They're really pretty. Oh, yeah. The blue is just like... Insane. Yes. Um, If you noticed her original nursery, everything is blue inside. Um, And then it kind of transfers over like the baby's blanket is blue. Even the little girl's underwear that was planted in the cart was blue. Um, so I think they rolled such blue with her eyes. She wore a lot of blue through the movie. She did, yeah. Um, they just kind of did this whole tone of everything is kind of blue. Yeah, it's like an underlying message that they had going on. So I thought that was kind of cool the way they did that. Yeah. And then, can we talk about the here's Peyton? Like, she's... Emma's now found out, like, okay, she's cray-cray. I might be skipping over some notes. Crystal took some on hers, too. So, if I'm... Am I going too far? Um, I mean, really... So, she's kind of just getting crazier and crazier. Peyton's just, like, further plotting everything. Um, she's like, I want to get rid of this, this bitch Claire and I want to make this family mine. I want this house. I want the husband. I want the kids. Like I want it all. So she's like going for it. She's really trying to uh to get her plan into action. So Claire's like building a greenhouse or whatever for herself. And 
Peyton goes in there and sets up, it's like a booby trap to like kill Claire. Like she's like trying to like, when Claire opens the door, all the glass will fall on her and murder her. Plot twist though, kind of. The movie cuts to Marlene, who's at work, and she's a real estate agent. She gets the Mott House as one of her new clients. Or I guess not clients, because he's dead and she's nowhere to be found. She gets the house to sell. So she's zooming in on her computer, looking at everything, and then she realizes she sees a picture of Peyton, and she's like, this bitch is mrs mon and obviously marlene is like claire's friend so she knows the situation with the doctor and the suing and also it was all over the news so she knows as well so basically she, she had her mic drop moment exactly so she puts two and two together and she's like oh this is this is what's happening like gotcha motherfucker this. exactly so marlene runs over there to confront well not even to confront Peyton. she's going over there to tell claire but she runs into Peyton, and Claire's not home. She's at the store, like, getting more plants or whatever. And she's like, where's Claire? She's, like, coming in hot at Peyton. Like, I know I know your secret, Mrs. Mott. Like, basically being like, gotcha, bitch. I'm going to tell Claire you're going down, all this. And so she's running, looking for Claire, and starts to run towards the greenhouse, thinking that Claire's in there. Yeah, because she alluded to it. She was mm-hmm. like, she's like, where is Claire? She's like, oh, she's in the greenhouse. But well, please don't go out there. Let's talk about this. Yes, like, knowing that please she's don't get me in trouble. Yes. yes. Yeah, so Marlene runs in there and just like Peyton's plan, kind of twisted. She originally was trying to, you know, get rid of Claire, but it worked on somebody. Marlene dies because all the glass falls on her and kills her. And then obviously Peyton's like, oh, well, Claire's going to see this and freak out. So let me go ahead and take all the air out of her inhalers and just leave and go for a walk with Joe, the baby. Um, so that's what happens. Claire comes home. She walks into the greenhouse, sees her dead friend's body, starts obviously having an uh, asthma attack where she can't, is like gasping for air, trying to breathe. And all of her inhalers are not working. And not because she's not using them correctly as she was before but because there's no air in them and then they like have a cops like oh um sir yeah yeah you might want you might want to take a look at this yeah like just very like like oh there's also i know there's like this lady who's dying on the porch of an asthma attack but there's also like a dead body in here like so like nonchalant about it like a very old like kojak cop type yes detective like, like the the what do you call them like just the, like the the background cops in like a suv or whatever yes. they're just like uh boss hey boss you might want to take a gander at this <laughs> like just so chill about it <laughs> uh, but yeah so she claire lives barely she has to go to the hospital um and she's gone for like i'm assuming a few days it really didn't clarify um but she comes back and things are a little different. Also, side note, when she's gone, Peyton tries to make a move on the husband. With the seductive rain yes. and soaking wet. They're soaking wet. She's staring into his eyes with her bright blue eyes and they're kind of like longingly staring at each other. But then he says to her, there's only one woman for me. Now, in Peyton's delusional mind, 
she's thinking he's talking about her and she's like sweet she's like that's all you need yes but he was talking about his wife claire but claire comes home from the hospital and things are different uh so Peyton's, she's had an awakening. Yeah, Peyton's wearing her bracelet. Peyton has added wallpaper in the nursery. She's playing go fish with the family. They look like a little family, and Claire's just kind of like feeling like an outsider. I feel like in her own home, it's kind of like what it seems like. So, you know, Claire's going down. A I dark think she path. even put her perfume on, didn't she? She did. Yeah. Poison. Mm-hmm. Because. And she was doing that earlier, too. It's like she wanted to, like, take over and just become Claire and just take her place fully. Well, I think the perfume earlier, I think she, for some reason she sabotaged that dress. I know, and it, nothing ever came of that, so I don't know why. I'm guessing she just didn't want her to feel and look sexy. She was yeah. just trying to keep that wedge in between mm-hmm. the husband and wife. But, yeah, that was kind of a, a weird play, but yeah. whatever. That was the only... That's the only thing I can think of why she would do it. Because, like, otherwise it literally was, like, a very pointless scene in my opinion. <laughs> but I don't know. Um, so then Claire goes to Marlene's office to just figure out, you know, what the heck happened. She asked the staff, you know, what happened that morning. Like, they were like, oh, she just told us to cancel her meetings and she ran off. So then Claire's looking at her computer and sees the Mott house. And then she's like, hmm, let me go take a look in this house. She realizes that Peyton is Mrs. Mott from the doctor that, you know, this all stemmed from. And she sees the exact same wallpaper. Yeah, she goes to the house. Yeah, she's in the house. And, like, the wallpaper's the same in the nursery. There's a breastfeeding machine, which that clicks for her. Like, oh, my gosh. She's been feeding my baby. That's why his feeding patterns have been so completely off. And she just puts two and two together and she's like, oh, hell no. (laughs) Mama Bear has woken up. Exactly. So, yeah, she goes home and this is probably, I'm not even going to lie, this is my favorite part of the whole movie. She walks straight up to Peyton and slugs her so hard in the face that she goes flying across the table. Like, she packed a punch. I was like, this is not realistic, but I love it. Because I don't think she could really punch her that hard. <laughs> it was, like, a little dramatic. The only other cooler punch is the one from Scream. And she's like, I'll send you a copy. Bam! <laughs> bitch went down. Super bitch. Sydney. <laughs> exactly. Both iconic punches Both right from there. the 90s. Yes. The, the 90s are just iconic overall (laughs) down to the punches okay (laughs) um but yeah so they kick her out because they figure out the truth and she sneaks back in the basement they're sleeping um her husband wakes up in the middle of the night because he hears her opera music coming from the basement and he goes down there Peyton pops out of nowhere with a shovel knocking him out breaking his legs, and then Claire comes to look for him. He's like, my legs are broken. And like Lowe even said, he's so emotionless, like even with his legs being broken and like being knocked out. So she runs up, and then she gets knocked out, and then Peyton's looking for the kids, trying to like take Emma and the baby. She's like, this is my family. And then she says to Emma, I'm your mommy. Mommy's here. Like, and Emma's like, no, the fuck you mean? <laughs> like, that's not what happened. Is happening. 
Um, wow, you underestimated me for a seven-year-old. But... Exactly. Like, so things are just like getting intense and she's looking for the kids. Ultimately, she finds them in the attic and Solomon's there holding the baby, the hero of the day. He's holding the baby to protect her. And then Claire kind of regains consciousness after she gets knocked out with the shovel. She goes up there to, like, try to fight with the knife. And then she fakes an asthma attack. So Payne is thinking, oh, sick, she's about to die of an asthma attack. Let me go take these kids right now. Comes up, surprise attacks her from behind, and shoves her out the window, and bam, bitch, you dead. And Solomon's got to build a new fence. Yeah, Solomon's got to start over with the whole fence project. But the end part was the sweetest best part where she said to him like oh Solomon can you hold Joe the baby and walk him downstairs and he's like I'm not allowed to hold the baby and she's like no it's okay you can I trust you yes and that was the best ending I feel like that and we Emma was so for. cute she was just like she's smiling and nodding her head like yes like I got my best friend back like mm-hmm. she was so happy to have him back because to the whole movie she didn't understand like you know obviously they must have they didn't show her having conversations with her like did they touch you did he touch you blah 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 and she's just like why would I be scared of Solomon yeah and to me that would have been kind of like a in my mind a conversation that I would have had with my husband like she doesn't seem like something Happened. sketchy's going on with her. Right. Like, she wasn't acting, mm-hmm. ske- you know, like any change of right. a child who's been molested. But you got to remember, she just had a molestation. So she's probably extra so she, sensitive to it. Yeah. Yes. Ugh. And Peyton knew that. Yeah. Also, we kind of skipped over it. Um, there was another scene that we... We should probably talk about. Let's talk about how she walks onto the playground and assaults a kid. I forgot about that. And says, like, if you ever touch Emma again, I will rip your fucking head off. And she's like, pretty much breaks his arm almost. Yeah, she's like pinning him against the wall. So, I mean, there's, it's a school playground. School hours. There's no teacher. There's no monitors. It's just a bunch of random kids out there. And she pretty much just, like, scared the crap out of this kid. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. You know, how was school today? I don't know. Some lady threatened to rip my face off. But I know. I'm, I'm like, I was surprised nothing came from that. Like, you would think he would, like, tell his parents or a teacher or something. But well, nothing ever I think they wanted to focus more on, like, Emma, I got you. Secret club. Right. You know. Yeah, they're building relationship or whatever yeah so that was just kind of a scene that i wanted to be like there's no way she would have made it into a playground this day and age no never you have to go through like 16 different security things to to get near the school yeah oh my gosh yeah that was insane the whole thing was it was like insane slow moving but insane at the same time like i don't even know like and realistic because i feel like this could happen and I like we were talking about before they did no background check on her they did nothing yeah like she just basically said do you want to stay for dinner and then moved her in the next day like there was no 
references. Oh, let me call your boss. Because she said, oh, I was a nanny for the family, but they're leaving. And I saw your daughter on the playground and they gave me a reference. Like, there was no, oh, who was the family? Yeah. Like, no, you saw my daughter? Who was she with? I didn't remember no seeing questions you. questions were asked. It was so bizarre. And then, you know, we also talked about, so she's hiring this nanny so she because she's busy and she's trying to build this greenhouse, which I get it's time consuming, but to move her in full time nanny like to me that seems like a lot like you probably could have just hired her from like nine to five or nine eight to four or whatever um but like she went full throttle. I need you to move in and just take care of my kids, but I'm just going to be in the backyard. Yeah, it was a little excessive. I was like, oh, she's moving in fully. Like, she's a live-in nanny just because she's working on a greenhouse. Not saying that that's not a hard job, but like you said, it should have just been like a 9-to-5 thing. Like, while she's out there working, and then she's watching the kids, and then, okay, bye, you can go back to And the to weekends, her husband should be home. Right, like, and then she was just, Peyton was just always there. Like, you'd think Claire would want, like, some time with it just being her family. Especially the points where she's like, I feel like, you know, they're not bonding with me as much, and Emma's kind of changing, and the baby's pulling away from me. That point, I would be like, you know what, Peyton... Why don't you take the weekend, you know, while you live here, but um, go find something to freaking do. Yeah, like, literally. <laughs> go join a club somewhere. Right. I don't know. Like, or as I would have took my family. And like, they did. They said they were going to plan a vacation and she kind of heard it over the intercom because. Psycho. Yeah. Like, Psycho stalker. How would that not happen, You're you know, right. in this movie? <laughs> exactly. Um, but. Yeah, so it was, you know, a good movie. Obviously, watching it now, you're going back and watching a movie from 92. So it's not as, like, a thriller as it was for me being 12 when I watched it. But it's just so reality. And there's there's so many nannies out there. And that's, like, a, a big job these days. So many people have nannies now. It's a very provocative job not provocative but like what's the word i'm looking for um it's like very needed like it's like on the rise is that what you're saying pretty much and so many people using them more and more i mean um when you worked with me and we cleaned houses how many houses did we go to and we're the cleaning service that showed up and we're standing there conversating with the nanny service that's there you know so, it is a big thing, and I would hope now, and I would think now, like, you have to be so careful who you let into your houses. I mean, they have updated now. I mean, so many people have rings and cameras, and that wasn't a thing back then. Right. Because I even made the joke, I'm like, man, she needs to ring around her yeah, house. Exactly. Um, for all the bulliness that Solomon was getting into. Right. But... Yeah, it's just, uh, it's a big thing now for nannies. And I know my cousin done it, does it. And, you know, we've talked and she's told me some stories. And it's just, and it's such a great money-making job. If you can find the right family. Oh, yeah. Um, in certain areas. I did you for can a couple of summers. bank off it was... of it. Like, it's almost like a career. Right. Oh, some people for sure make 
good money doing it. They go on vacations with the family. Like, they do the full thing. And you have to be able to trust your nanny, like, mm-hmm. you're, with your kids. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's your lifeline. You're literally yeah. giving them control of your, like, most precious objects that you have. So, for me, I mean, obviously my kids are older. If I hired a nanny now, Cheryl would be like, why? And if they'd hot, Corbin would be like, cool. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but... I mean, I would want references, background checks, blood tests, like, hair samples. I want it all. You like want the whole spreadsheet. I want your thing. Facebook from, like, the past 20 years. Okay, it hasn't even been out that long. But still, but, yeah. you know, I, I want to talk to your mom. I want to talk right. to your dad. I want to talk to your old neighbor where you grew up. <laughs> what was your fourth grade elementary teacher? What's her name? I, I just, I, I want to get her opinion, yeah. you know. Just all the background necessary for it. So, but yeah, that's our episode of The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. And hopefully you guys enjoy the movie if you've never heard it or seen it. I do recommend. It's not one you watch over and over. It might be a one and done movie. But I think you should at least watch it once. Yeah, it's for sure worth the watch. Like, it's a good movie. I I definitely enjoyed it and i was like hooked the whole time being like what the heck is going to happen what's this bitch about to do (laughs) yeah she's pretty intense from the get-go like yeah even getting up from the board meeting before she passes out just to look as she's looking at everybody like you know well you guys are really freaking helpful yeah you know she gets off to be a powerful woman and you know obviously it took a turn but right i think her life her life uh events that were happening kind of made a couple screws loose up in the head and i think they did a remake i'm not 100 percent sure okay so if you do watch it make sure it's the 1992 version yeah with rebecca demore yeah because i don't want you watching some bunked remake and then being like y'all lied saying this was (laughs) a great movie no it was really good you killed it again low showing me another movie um i don't know i liked it it was realistic it was intense in its own ways and it was also sad it had a good ending but like there were really a lot of sad moments throughout the whole thing yes it was an emotional roller coaster yeah for sure and also um was it the SAG people, Emmy people? Who's the ones that choose if you get an Oscar? Oh, I don't know. It's called. like SAG Academy, right? Or the Academy. The Academy. Yeah. I think next Oscars, you should just go on stage and say, hey, um, we kind of messed up in 1992. We'd like to give the Oscar to... Ernie Hudson, because we totally missed that role yeah, he did. he killed it. Um, he's definitely more than a Ghostbuster. He brought the the heart, the emotion, the, like, he brought goofiness also, too. Like, he brought, like, everything that you could ask for in a character, and I agree with that statement that you just made. And also, fun little fact, I actually met Ernie at a Comic-Con a couple years back, I have a 8x10 picture of me and him. He's wearing his Ghostbusters shirt. And very nice dude. He talked about how he was uh, 
living in Detroit for a while. He was born here, and then, you know, obviously movies kind of moved him right to uh, better places. La La Land. But very nice guy, very personable in real life, very friendly, very conversational. He wasn't like, here you go, sign the paper and go. He took a second to talk to you. That's and awesome. answered questions and smiled and... So he was a very cool dude in real life. Goes to show that he's a good dude then and not just like, here, I'm just here for my paycheck. Please leave. Yeah, I know. Very, very personal. But you could tell he's he's a good good guy. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. (laughs) That's awesome. So we actually have a true crime story that kind of, we wanted to tie it together. But there's just so many scenes of this movie we wanted to talk about. It kind of turned into a longer episode. So come back next week and we will have some true crime babysitter gone wrong stories. Yes. So look out for those because they're wild as usual. So, But thank you for tuning in as always we love you our creepies and till next week we got to go stay creepy bye bye